Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, folks. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. Um, again, before we start off, just want to thank all our subscribers, all our listeners out there. You guys are the heart and soul of this uh, podcast. So um, appreciate all the support, all the words of wisdom coming in. And again, sharing it in the word of mouth is how we grow here. So um, just thank you again for, for all that support. And we'll continue to keep bringing weekly episodes with some of the superstar guests that we can find and some of the most interesting athletes out there um, that we get our chance to have on the show. Today, I tell you what, I'm pretty pumped. Fletcher Chogger Roberts, 51-game AFL player, a premiership player for the Western Bulldogs, currently retired, but one of my best mates dating back to primary school. Fletch, how you going, mate? Going well, thanks, Jackie. Uh, yeah, living the dream, mate. Living the dream. Excited to be on the Unlaced podcast. Today. Yeah, it's been, a, um, been, mate, like been. a few of the guests, it's been a long, long, long wait uh, mm. to get you on, but we're finally here. Yeah, really excited about it. Oh, beautiful. Um, Mate, so how, how's life since since everything? I guess you've come out of the game the last few years, which we're going to touch on, but what, what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, currently playing in the VFL still. Yep. Um, still enjoying my footy for Port Melbourne. Um, so we're a couple of games of the year. The borough. Yeah, <laughs> just around the corner. Um, but yeah, really enjoying that. Good group of guys, good sort of coaches as well, and just, yeah, enjoying my footy, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of work, uh, working for Ladder, which is the AFL players, organization that's beautiful we're going to touch on ladder because that's a incredible organization that is the afl's main charity um which fletcher's just mentioned is working at but i do want to to jump in to i guess a bit of our life together because it's been a while since we've caught up and for for, for those (laughs) that don't know we did go to primary school together st patrick marabina and i'm not going to gloat here for the pair of us but there was only 250 kids at that school very Mm. small primary school yeah and in our year level we had yourself Seb Gotch, me, and a bunch of other boys who, who would pretty much, let's just say, didn't really care about education. We're all about sport. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah. Can say that. Don't tell uh, we, our yeah, parents. Yeah, but, don't tell yeah. our parents, although they're probably listening. But we had a really elite footy team and cricket team. So much so, our cricket team came third in the state in grade I, six. I reckon it was second. It was it second? We lost second. to Geelong. They yeah. were like an IPL side. They, they were, were like Geelong Grammar storming, school or something. Yeah, storming down the pitch, hitting sixes. That's Paying their players. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. So we, we connected there. And, and as I said, we had like 20, 30 kids in like grade six. And somehow we came third in the state for cricket. But um, we also played together for the Holy Grail Murrumbina Football Club. Of course. You remember those days? Of I'm course. Sure. Yeah. Uh, very, very good and memorable days down at Murrumbina Junior Football Club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of having older brothers go through Murrumbina. Um, always used to go and watch them when I was a little tacker and then started playing quite early with uh, my older brother, Spencer. And um, just, yeah, that's where my love for footy started. And then playing with yourself, Matty Hamilton, Seb yeah, Gosh. Matty like, Hamilton, shout out. What a yeah, player. what a ledge. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, just playing with a lot of good mates and schoolmates as well down at the Junior Footy Club were just, yeah, memorable days that I'll have for the rest of my life. I do want to touch on... Um, I guess your family, but like, let's not get it twisted here. You were the biggest, you're huge now, but I would say like, what, how tall are you now? Six foot? Uh, six foot five. Nearly six, six foot five. Foot six, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go on a limb here and say you're five foot 11 at 12. 
Yeah. You were huge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and not to discredit your footy ability because you, you're an elite in almost every area, but you dominated junior football. <laughs> like, I, it made my job easy playing in the midfield and Seb, who was little, who, who tried to take all the quarters. But <laughs> really, we had a guy who was winning every ruck, ruck contest. But can you tell me a little bit about your junior footy career? Mm-hmm. And you touched on your brothers there. Um, obviously, Nick, Nathan, Spence, three older brothers. So you're the youngest of, of four, in a sense. Mm. Um, it, did that impact your footy and playing with them and then coming to play with us little tackers like straight after? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think my older brothers definitely drove me to have that competitive edge. Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty rough playing in the backyard, <laughs> whatever sport it was. Yeah. Um, a few windows were broken, a few broken bones as well. <laughs> um, many fights between the brothers, uh, but it was good. Yeah, I think they sort of mended and molded me as a sports person um, to obviously have that drive and motivation to want to win um, and seeing them all do different sort of sporting achievements before me um, yeah definitely shaped the way I was as a footballer um, but yeah I think we always used to play a lot of competitive things and yourself and Hamo and Jake ah sorry Gotchi um, yeah. all used to come over and play in the backyard or over at the school yeah, that's and right. um, yeah it got very competitive you used to live awesome. you used to live right as well this is just for the listeners out there I don't know we're, we're going to touch on some of the interesting sporting stuff but this is just how me and Fletch met which is why we go back from the age of like eight or nine years old so it's um you know no Fletch inside out in his family but you lived on the back of the primary school so I remember yeah. you used to just jump the fence and, yeah. you, and you're at school very, very handy <laughs> yeah very, very handy for a late wake up <laughs> yeah. um, and also the weekend and the amount of footballs yeah, that would go yard. in there we didn't have to worry about knocking on the door we'd just climb over and get it but yeah. <laughs> um there is a lot more to you than than obviously your footy career and, and the footy career and, and the premiership medallion is something that's unbelievable and having grown up with you I can't wait to learn more about just in this in this show together because mm-hmm. Um, obviously we didn't really speak as much through that period, not that there was anything to it, just because you were living one life and I was living another. Yeah. But more recently you, you're actually doing, and, and people can probably hear you speak and how well you speak, but you're, you're quite an educated human being. Thank and you. graduating <laughs> from Deakin with a Bachelor in Psychology and, and you're doing another degree now. Mm-hmm. And what prompted you to dabble into that? And um, I wish I could say it was my internal drive. Um, <laughs> But it was probably having my mum, Margaret, in my ear yeah, a lot of the time. Mother, um, she, as soon as, pretty much as soon as I got drafted in 2011, um, she was straight in my ear saying, you never know how long sport or footy is going to last. Uh, make sure you're getting your education in as well. Um, and, yeah, obviously managing that as much as you could through the footy. So that was probably a real positive of mum. Um, she really wanted to push us boys to educate ourselves as much as possible. So... Straight when I was drafted, I started uni a couple of months later. Um, really? Starting the Bachelor of Psychology, yeah. Wow. So, quick question on that is around when, because I know when my mum tried to push me down, you got to educate, you got to do other things. I, I'm aware that's going to help me, but I, at the same time, I didn't care because I'm like, I just want to play footy. I want to play soccer. Did, is, were you sort of open to it or were you quite reluctant to get in that space? Um, uh, very early on, yes. So, I think... 2011 draft um, is around October, November, um, and the season starts, what, April the next year. In that sort of first six months, um, if not more, to sort of June in my first season, um, I was somewhat reluctant. But, yeah, um, yeah finally took the dive into, into study and education um, halfway through that year, starting in the back end of the semester and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I was probably was a little bit reluctant early, but the more I thought about it, um, 
and I think obviously with footy and we we're educated at footy to mm. you know think about education and life after footy because yeah. you never know how long it's going to last. Did did the um the Bulldogs push you towards that? I know they're affiliated with VU, but I mean, how are those sort of did those doors open up um, through, through think, being a footballer? Yeah, I think uh, that that VU partnership with Bulldogs has only sort of started in the last five years. Right, so when okay. I first started, there wasn't much of a connection. Right. But the AFL and the AFLPA were pushing a lot of players coming into the competition to explore their education opportunities because I think at the time the average career was about four years. Yeah. Um, and potentially right. is about six now, but. Um, yeah, I think because the life sort of journey of a footballer can only be four years, it can be one year, it can be 15. Yeah. Um, it's very important that players sort of educate themselves and prepare for life after footy. Are you glad you've done it now? Like knowing that you were a bit reluctant at the start, when you look back, you're like, thank, thank fuck Margie's knocking on my door. So <laughs> you better do this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, now nah, real, real happy that I was able to sort of educate myself throughout playing footy. Um, and I'm really lucky that we were able to get some sort of funding grants and stuff through the AFLPA, which was awesome, which obviously motivated me to stay with my study <laughs> yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Right. Well, that helps. Um, but yeah, there can be some difficulties with a lot of players in managing the study with being a professional sportsman. But I sort of saw it as like a release from footy at times. And on a day off, on a Wednesday, I'd go and go to Deakin University and yeah obviously embrace the uni lifestyle, which is a completely different world to yeah, a footy lifestyle, imagine, a right? footy bubble. Yeah, yeah, a bit more of a release, no doubt. Now, being picked up in the – was it you picked up in the preseason draft in yeah. 2012 for the Bulldogs? Yep. So yep. prior to prior to going into the AFL journey, you were playing for the Sandy Dragons. Mm-hmm. Now, can you give a bit of background to how that was? Because I do want to touch on the 2011 TAC Cup final, which – is the, Thank you. the Fletcher Roberts show. <laughs> so we're going to give a bit of a plug to that. But do you, do you want to tell us about, your, I guess, the, those early years just before you jumped into the AFL? Yep, yep. So as we spoke about before, playing for Murray Junior Football Club um, for all the way from under nines as a six-year-old. That shows how tall you were. <laughs> so I was quite tall. <laughs> playing in the ruck, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like driving, years old driving to the yeah. ground. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit of a stubble there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, played Murray all throughout juniors and then around yeah, under 15, 16s, you go into Sandy Dragons or TAC development squads. Um, so like started rep playing, side, right? Yeah, rep side. Um, so started playing with Sandy in the yeah, under 15, 16s. And then when you get into 17, 18 years of age, year 11, year 12, that's when you start playing in the TAC main competition, yeah. um, now called the NAB League, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yep, yep, um, yep. And yeah, so I was aligned with Sandy Dragons as were my older brothers before me. Um, and yeah, I think it's a it's a tough balance in year in year twelve um, with all the sport that you do and education and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But really loved my time at Sandy Dragons. Had a great bunch of blokes. Um, we sort of were underdogs for a little bit of the season, and towards the end of the year, we knew we had a really good squad. Um, but we were, there was a little bit of doubt around us leading into the finals. Um, but we were able to. Get the job done at the end of the day, uh, which the was choppers. nice. Yeah. Well, so the Sandy Dragons and also Oakley Chargers, which are more sort of on the, the southeast side of Melbourne, they're renowned for having a lot of draft picks come out of those those teams every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get into those squads in itself is quite an achievement, let alone to go to the AFL, because the, the amount of players, if you look back over time, that have been elite in the AFL that have played for Sandy or Oakley is, is ridiculous. Um but touching on that game, do you, were you were you a sure thing to go to the AFL prior to the final? I mean, uh, nah, not at all. Um, a lot of my under eighteen year, it was 
many doubters. Yeah. Um, had met with a few clubs. Were and you one of those doubters as well? Yeah, potentially. I think you start to doubt yourself um, yeah. when, you know, you're told to improve different things here and there. Um, and then you just, there's always that self-doubt that you need to sort of be able to push past and continue to believe in yourself, um, whatever level you play, Yeah, I think, and whatever sport it is. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't think I was a shoe-in. Um, was actually playing quite poorly in the grand final um, <laughs> in, the fir- in the first or second quarter yeah. um, and had a good hard look at myself at halftime wow. um, and was able to have a yeah, more more crucial sort of second half and uh, was we'll, able to play my we'll role We'll touch on what that crucial second half and the humble role for the team was, but you kicked four in the last quarter yep. and, and won in the game. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, also, what position are you playing to be able to do that? Because mm. for those that know you in the AFL system, you played as a backman. Yep. For me that knew you growing up, you played in the ruck, centre-half forward, centre-half back. Mm. So were you, where, where, did you have a position back then? Because Yep. Um, so I was backup ruck. Back up, right? Because um, I wasn't like quite tall enough. I stopped growing. Yeah. Um, when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So back up, ruck, and also sort of forward line as well, key position, but also like a third tall okay. in between. Um, and yeah, I think it was in the third quarter I um, was able to play forward a little bit deeper into the quarter and kicked a goal. Um, was sort of starting to feel the groove and that sort of stuff. And then coaches are like, "We're playing you at full forward for the last quarter." Did um, did that last yeah. quarter get you over the line to get to the AFL? Do you think was that was that sort of like a big game player, or did you just think it yeah. it, assist, it would have assisted? Obviously, yeah. Um, I think it did help. Mm. Um, I think I had some clubs that were interested, and then I think always playing like quite well in a um, even though it was the second half um, in a <laughs> big big sort yeah. of game um, always says a lot well. Right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about how the draft. Mm-hmm. process came for you and, and how it became the Bulldogs that you ended up? Um, yeah, okay. okay. It was uh, quite an interesting journey through that whole under-18 year. Yeah. Um, you obviously, yeah, playing at Sandy Dragons. Um, you get sent, I think we used to get sent sort of surveys from different AFL clubs at times to sort of find out a bit more about ourselves as, as a human being. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's still the process, but it was then. So I got, yeah, 12, 13 Different clubs sending me surveys. I think they just sent it out to most players. Yeah. Um, but then a couple of other clubs were quite keen and came over for, uh, yeah, like a cup of tea and that sort like of stuff. Came to with, your house. Yeah, came to the house with uh, mum and dad and which, myself. Which clubs were the ones? Not uh, it was Bulldogs, um, and Melbourne. Melbourne. Sure. Oh, so yeah. you're, you're going to be local. That's yeah. handy. Yeah. And um, obviously having three older brothers still living at home at the time. <laughs> they were in the front room all looking through. Intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> all pretty much looking through the window out to the back room. And I can imagine if Nate's like, greeting them at the door. Yeah. They said, well, we better draft this kid. And they go, no, Fletcher's in the other room. <laughs> no, wrong kid, wrong kid. <laughs> um, yeah. So you do a sort of a few interviews, um, come to sort of draft camp or uh, rookie screenings and that sort of stuff. And try to test the best you can. And I, um, that was about a week after the TAC grand final. Um, so I wasn't really testing that well. Mm. Um, and I don't think athleticism has ever really been my strength. Um, so to be fair, knowing you, and I, I'm not going to say I agree with it because mm. you played in the AFL and obviously you, you are athletic, but I remember mm. you always actually, there was a point in your junior career, and I reckon it might've been Matty Hamilton led you on to this because he, he, he was one of our mates who played with us in primary school and at Murrumbina, mm. but he was a great runner. Like yeah. he, he did little outs uh, and, and all that yeah. sort of running stuff. And I remember you like something flicked in you where you're like, I need to either train with him or run with him. Mm. And I don't know if that, that 
changed your perception of, of how you need to work. But I remember you having like an emphasis on like, well, I'm a shit runner. Yeah, this absolutely. is the only way I'm going to get better <laughs> is going and training with Maddie. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was around 15. 15. Probably right. when the rep sides started. Yeah. Um, I was sort of in compara- comparing myself to other similar players. That was one area of sort of weakness or improvement um, that was needed. So, yeah, started doing athletics more competitively and running down with Matty Hamilton and Rod Kelly. Shout out to Rocket, yeah. absolute star. <laughs> um, so, yeah, doing more running training, um, which was, yeah, pretty pretty crucial to me improving that. I'm still not the greatest, but was able to get to a level that was, yeah, acceptable. Awesome. So when you go into the, when you get the call preseason draft, so explain what the preseason draft is for those. Yeah. So I don't think it's a thing anymore. Um, so it was, if you didn't get picked up in the draft, there were like, or people didn't take a pick in the draft. There was the preseason draft two weeks later and the preseason draft was like the same time as the rookie. So yeah, in my year 12 year, um, the draft happened, uh, didn't go to plan, um, wasn't picked up, obviously, um, was on the phone. Did you think that was it then at that point? Uh, yeah, I, I was probably one of the thoughts that goes through your head. Um, the other thought was, all right, let's book schoolies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> let's book schoolies. And I was actually, yeah, calling all my mates and stuff to be like, oh, like, where are we staying? What are we doing? What flight? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and got a call from Melbourne to um, go down and train with them for the lead up into the next sort of draft period. Okay. Um which was the two weeks when all my friends were on unis, uh, uh, on schoolies, sorry. Um, and yeah, so I couldn't couldn't resist that opportunity. So you trained so, with Melbourne before the preseason draft? Yeah, to try and get a position on their rookie list, which um, was available. And <laughs> so yeah, I trained for two weeks, playing forward and back um, for them in a few like little practice matches and actually played all right. And I think a few Bulldog scouts were there watching. Wow. Um, and then it came, yeah, those two weeks went pretty quickly. Um, and it came up to the preseason slash rookie draft. Um, and Bulldogs had a pick, pick 11 in the preseason draft. And then Melbourne had a rookie pick the next pick or a couple of picks later. And um, yeah, I think I got a call from uh, Simon Dalrymple, who was the head recruiter for the Bulldogs at the time, the night before the draft. And he's like, um, you know, all the best in your future. Good luck, whatever happens, and this sort of stuff. No indication or whatsoever. So, so, so like, is this the guy that would pick you up? In the yeah, What's yeah his the next day, Simon Dalrymple. I think he's now at Sydney. Um, great fella, and he. So, like, I was there. was no indication at all there. So I'm like, oh, I don't think the dogs are. So you thought it was Melbourne, if anything. Yeah, Melbourne, if anything. Um, and then they weren't really clear with what they were going to do. So, I went into the next day pretty blind. Um, not drunk, but <laughs> um, blind on what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, the Bulldogs picked me up in, and we had to watch it on a computer screen that was updated and refreshed every couple of minutes. Um, so I was watching that with my brother and then, yeah, name popped up, pick 11, um, pre-season draft. Um, and, yeah, we went pretty crazy and yeah, Simon enjoyed it. Dalrymple, what a, what a pickup. Yeah. Based off that story, <laughs> missed in the draft, training with Melbourne two weeks before the pre-season draft. Bulldogs have given him the, oh, yeah, mate, good luck. And then they picked him up, fast forward, Five or six years, and he's a premiership player for the club. That is phenomenal. And uh, Wayne McGraw as well. Wayne McGraw, can't forget you. Not that I know you, but that is um, <laughs> that is phenomenal. That is a, that is a really fascinating story. Mm. So when you say pick eleven, the preseason draft, that's actually on an AFL list. That's not a rookie player, right? Yeah. So preseason back then, preseason picks were pretty much you got two two years, just like a normal draft pick. Um, so you got the yeah two year contract to 
prove yourself. Um, whereas a rookie, you only really had one year, um, which is probably a good thing for me in the end, being more of a development player or seen as a development player. Yeah. Um, straight off the bat. Mate, so you're there. You you were at the Bulldogs. You got picked up in the 2012 preseason draft. You were there for eight years, mm -hmm. roughly eight yep. seasons in the AFL. Now people say you only played 51 games, which across an eight year period is is you know, it's a, a lot of games at the highest level, but ultimately across that period, there's probably a lot of games you missed, which is fascinating for me because I do want to go into this journey of, I can imagine that's not easy, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you've won the, you've won a premiership, mm -hmm. which anyone who plays footy at any level wants to win. It doesn't matter who you are. So I actually think it's a little bit arrogant, that statistic, if you ask me. 51 games, one flag and retired. When I go for St Kilda, who haven't won a flag since 66, and we've got blokes like Robert Harvey who <laughs> played <laughs> 370 games. He can't win one. Um, mate, it's pretty amazing. But mm. can you take me to what, what the early days were like for you at the Western Bulldogs and coming into like an AFL environment? Must mm -hmm. have been pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Um, I sort of having an older brother who had a few mates in the industry um, and looking up to them and then being able to be sort of one of them as an AFL player um, is something sort of special. And it's a it's a quite a different world, the footy industry or a sporting industry, uh, when you get to a professional sort of level. Um, but yeah, I look back on it with obviously great great memories um, and being able to sort of play the sport you love and you've grown up loving mm. and get paid for it as your job. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty cool, pretty special. Did you did you find it tough, particularly early? And and I know we spoke of this before we came on. Was like the mental strain of being in a team one week and not the next for like a long period of time is, I don't care what anyone says, that's, it's, it's a head fuck. It's like yeah. being in a bad relationship and just mm. going up and down in a roller coaster. And you're like, what, what is going on? But did you find, did you find that tough coming into that and experiencing that when you were so elite for so long at junior footy and almost mm. like the main person in every team you played at? Mm. Yeah, it's uh it's a big challenge for a lot of sports men and women. Um, the ups and downs of and the roller coaster, as they say, of professional sport. Um, I think for me, studying psychology at the time, some of the learnings I had there were able to translate um, into some of my dealings with footy. Um, and I think that really helped me around mindset. Um, so when it wasn't going my way and I potentially got dropped one week, I was able to stay positive and go back to VFL level and play really well um, and be really consistent. And I think that was probably a strength of mine over all my years of footy um, was being able to, you know, receive some negative feedback or not so great news and then go back to VFL level and, yeah, and really play. really play my role for the team and play well and just keep knocking on the door. Mate, that's what I say. There's no trophy yeah. for that. Yeah. There's no trophy for that and that is one of the hardest things to do. I don't care what anyone says when you are a high-level performing athlete and you get put in the reserves. I mean, there's multiple reactions you can have. But that hurts anyone's ego, hmm. especially when you're playing at the highest level and you probably think you're good enough and you've been playing at that level and you, hmm. for, for reasons that sometimes are not uh, performance-based, you're not playing in the ones. Hmm. So, um, I mean, I've self-imploded in the, in the reserves multiple times, so <laughs> I, I know what it's like. But did you, did you, you had periods of obviously consistent footy at the Bulldogs. I mean, with, with that yeah. sort of, that must have been fulfilling as well to see, hmm. you know, you can hold your own at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, both. 2015 and 2016, I had um, somewhat limited pre-seasons coming back from surgeries in the off-season. Um, so I had like slower starts to the year, but after four or five rounds in both those years, 15 and 16, I was able to get more consistency footy, um, consistent AFL footy going um, and some good form, um, which obviously 
was able to be rewarded with the finals um, in 2016, which was awesome. A crazy period, like a bit of a whirlwind. (laughs) Can we go back to that season? Because um, I think when I look back on that year, no one at the start of the year, and maybe this is separate to you guys internally, but no one probably would have gone, Bulldogs are a shoe in to win this. Um, but you guys did a phenomenal job of, of almost getting to a position for you guys to win it and executing and like just beating beating some of the top dogs to mm. get there. But was there ever a feeling inside that you guys thought you could do it? Yeah, I think that was um, a real common feeling really? across the whole playing group, coaching staff. Um, we had a lot of positivity around um, we knew that if we played our best, we could beat any team. Um, and particularly towards the back end of the year, um, we'd beaten a few of the teams that were sort of the favourites for the final and that sort of stuff. Um, we'd beaten them at their own home ground a couple of times throughout the year. So right. we're, And even though we were sort of injury-rattled at times um, with a few big key injuries um, who stayed around the group and were really positive for everyone, we, yeah, we had a really positive mindset. Um, we just sort of kept rolling with the punches and just, yeah. Had so a there lot was of that momentum. collective collective belief because it was a relatively young team. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, yourself included, but there was a lot of guys in their first two or three years yeah. that are, that were premiership players after that season, which is, you know, um, when you look at some of the players, the journeys they have to go to to get that, it's it's a lot longer than that. Yeah. But you're, you're in, into your individual journey across that squad through that year. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about your season? Because what's most memorable to me is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, the first final or the first few sort of games leading to the back end, you weren't really involved. And then mm. you got an opportunity in the prelim yeah. and it stuck. Mm. And, and you kind of like... Not the Stephen Bradbury, because he deserved <laughs> no, to be there. There's, there's but there's an there, element yeah. of uh, he's coming at the right time and he's yeah. got the gold. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so as I said just before, 2016 was probably my most consistent year of footy. Um, started off a little bit slow in the VFL um, for the first few rounds and then worked my way into the senior team from about round five, six onwards and then pretty much played, I think it was 16 straight um, towards the second half of the AFL season, wow. um, which is, yeah, probably my most consistent run of, a of, lot of games. games. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I had a few sort of issues with my hips and that sort of stuff, but was able to sort of deal with them and keep keep moving on and keep playing some pretty good footy for the team. Um, and then it came to round 23 against Fremantle over there, which is our last game for the year before finals. And you're um, playing in the you're playing in the back line this whole year. You've, yep. you've made this transition. Yeah. At, yep. Just to, before you jump into mm-hmm. that, what point did that become like cemented? That um, back line. So yeah, dra- drafted as a forward. Yeah. Um, and then the the last practice match of my first preseason, um, they needed a tall defender, so they just threw me back and actually played all right. And then that was pretty much it stuck. That was pretty much it. They're like, you'll be playing back from now on. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So I didn't see much of the forward line, um, at all. So. Yeah, it's all oh, right. Well, fast track but back to, to Frio for round 23. Yeah, so Matty Pavlich's 350th oh, game shit. or whatever. <laughs> um, I get the, oh, Fletch, you'll be on Pav. I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> um, and crowd was going wild for him. Uh, he kicked a couple of goals that I potentially could have stopped. Um, so it wasn't my greatest game. And then we had a few injuries out who were probably looking likely to come back for that first final. Mm. So then after the Frio game, we had the bye. Um, and then... Um, leading into the first final, which was against West Coast over there. The three sort of injuries that we had all came straight back in um, and I was pushed out of the side for that first final, which, um, yeah, it was a bit 
bit annoying, but I think I quickly wrapped my head around the fact that I can't change the decision. Yeah, I've just got to go about, you know, getting around the boys, being positive and playing well at VFL level when the time came um, so that I can keep knocking on the door, as they say. That's a mental, uh, amazing, I guess, mental strength to think that way mm. straight away because some perspective would be, and this is why I think I wanted just to tap in on this, because um, I reckon your mental strength and resilience is definitely a strong point of who you are and it's exemplified in this whole process because if you're getting dropped a week out from the finals and your team wins the grand final, pretty much they're not going to change that team. Mm. They're not going to change a winning team in, yeah. in, in a final series. So you're almost, you're almost calling yourself out for the finals. Yeah. So to think like, well, I can still be a chance to knock on the door mm. um, and then to then get an opportunity and actually come in and perform and do a job, that, that is like a lot of fans I don't think would really look that deeply at mm. sport um, because they, they don't have to. They just look at the results. Yeah. But when you're a player and you're in it and you're around guys that go in and out and through that position, that takes a lot of fucking mental strength mm. um, because you're in a washing machine on the biggest out. stage of the world, of, of, of the game in the world because it is in this country, and you've got to come in and perform straight away after being dropped. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't play good, you may not play in the greatest, the biggest game of your life, which mm. is the grand final. Yeah, the one you grew up dreaming about Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I was able to wrap my head around it quite quickly. Um, which was, yeah, probably a strength of mine, as you said, the resilience and mental strength. Um, and then throughout that sort of first couple of weeks where the AFL side played West Coast over there and Hawthorne at the G, I was in the VFL the day after. Okay. Um, and just, yeah, kept playing well and just put my best foot forward. That's all I could really do. And I think that was, yeah, able to reflect sort of how I dealt with it and then responded with playing really well in the VFL. And I think that was a real strength of mine, being able to just be right there in case something happened and letting them know that you're you're ready. Yeah, you're that ready. I'm ready to go and in good form and whatever it may be. Um, and then yeah, that opportunity came when uh, Matty Suckling had a bit of Achilles soreness after the semi, leading into the prelim. Um, and we were coming up against GWS, who who were quite a tall forward line, mm. which probably played into my favour as well. And um, Suckers was ruled out at the end of the main session on the Thursday, and they're like Fletch, you'll be playing. Um, you've been in good form. Take what you've been doing in the VFL into the prelim, um, which was, yeah. Different stage. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was really positive and uh, it gave me a lot of confidence to go into that. So the Thursday leading into the prelim is when you found out. So you yeah. didn't really have much time mentally to prepare for no, playing. That. <laughs> which yeah, might have been much. good as well because yeah, then you couldn't was, overthink, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you just, well, you've got to play now. There's mm-hmm. no... Um, but that you you just mentioned um, GWS. That so that was away. A yep. Yeah. So up at uh, Spotless Stadium, uh, GWS home ground. Yeah. Told I was playing on the Thursday. Um, pulled up the Friday morning, and then yeah, playing. I think it was Saturday afternoon on the um, sort of what was it five p.m. time slot or yep. quite a weird time slot. Yep. But um, yeah, we had a lot of uh, Bulldogs fans travel up, which really made a lot of sort of. Gave us a lot of confidence as players and the love and support we had there was just immense. Did you, after winning that, did you think you were definitely going to be 100% playing in the grand final or was there like no, there was this bloke could come back? Like, So you, you yeah. actually thought, I've gone in, done a role, mm-hmm. helped the team to get to this position and I could miss out. Yeah, funny little uh, anecdote there as well is, um, so yeah, celebrating first prelim win in 
a long time. For yeah, because the, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs 59, they had a 54-year drought, mm. right, for to win a flag at this point too, yeah. which I think I don't know if that was uh, was it 64. Sorry, so I don't know. I th- I don't know. Get that right, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but I don't. I think they were the second longest, or were they the longest more than St Kilda? When was their last flag fire? It was one of the two, because yeah, I remember yeah, when you won, it's time. like, well, St Kilda's now the fucking longest. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so there, um, was a nervous, there was a nervous point for you? Well, yeah, like we obviously celebrated on the ground, all cuddles and that sort of stuff, and then walking in to sing the song, all like family and friends were in this little hallway leading into the rooms, and even in the rooms. And I just remember someone saying to me, I can't remember who it was, but they're like, oh, you know, really great game. I hope you keep your spot for next week. Oh, Dude, and the uh, fuck has said like, that? Give say, me a say, moment, saying, you bastard. Yeah, I know. Saying it in a really nice way. <laughs> oh, support, that's even worse. Supportive way, but it just hit me. It just flat yeah, of condescending. Like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> so that was before we even got to sing the song. Um, but that was all right. I sort of, as soon as like we finished singing the song, my head went straight into that thought. Yeah, of course. For the next five days. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, fair enough. And I think that's natural from, yeah, us to respond that way. But, um, yeah, I think I was quite nervous leading the granny, leading up until um, the Thursday of the last session when uh, Bevo came up to me just before the session and said, you know, we're really proud with how you came into the team. Um, you played with a lot of confidence. We're going to stick with you this week. Um, you're playing in the grand final. Which was, Mate, yeah, that's gave me, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I know. That is unbelievable. Me as well. And, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the boys' teammates were, you know, hanging around waiting for that i think i was sort of the one that was any like any uncertainty was around me um and whether the boys would be right to play or whatever it was and so everyone was sort of waiting for me to find out and got a lot of questions you heard yet you heard yet i'm like nah stop asking me oh my god already not sleeping um, oh my gosh and then yeah so it was good that all the boys got around me when they found out um and it was awesome mate awesome. that is fascinating insight and mm. The Bulldogs went on to win that grand final in one of the most entertaining finals you'll ever see. A Tom Boyd kick from 60, which pretty much he's practically retired as well from that. And Mm. it's arguably one of the most important kicks in Western Bulldogs history, that moment. But Mm. winning that premiership, like, what was that like? Yeah, um, another actually real cool memory that I do have. For some reason, I don't remember much of grand final day. Um, whether it's the emotions or whatever else, but it's a crazy week as well leading up to yeah. it, like the parade, and obviously it's not a normal yeah. f- week it's leading into a completely game. Completely different. Yeah. Um, so it can sort of stuff up with your preparation a little bit. But um, I remember walking out to do the final warm up before the game started, and we were down this little race, and you could see the other, the top side of the other s- side of the ground stadium, and you could just see Bulldogs fans in like the highest of the highest row, um, not an empty seat in the house. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is this is epic. Um, just, yeah, walking out onto the MCG, wow. full crowd. You don't see a spare seat in the house. That's insane. You know, you've got your red and white sections, you've got your blue, red and white sections, and a lot of neutral fans that became Bulldogs fans for the day, which was awesome, and we appreciated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just that memory of walking out onto the ground was... Is that what sticks out the most? Yeah, just that it's just imprinted in my uh, memory, um, which is pretty cool, special memory to have. And then... Uh, Tommy Boyd and I actually did our warm-up kick together. 
I don't think we hit a target. <laughs> um, we were quite nervous. We, uh, I remember we about 10 kicks each to yeah. each other over about 30 metres. The ball would have every felt like an orange. One, yeah, right? Every single one hit the ground. <laughs> all went over their head. <laughs> and then we still got around each other. Yeah, really good warm-up, mate. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> Which you have to, just to stay confident. But, um, yeah, so, and then siren sounded and game on. Um, and, yeah, it was don't remember much of the game. It would be, be a blur, wouldn't it? Yeah, all a blur. If it's still, yeah, it's probably a blur for fans. It was mm. that um, emotional, like mm. the, the roller coaster of the wave. But this is what's fascinating, right? It, that is bucket list. Like when you're playing at Murrumbina Football Club, playing for St. Pat's, even like I think of like Chris and Marg, your, your mum mm. and dad at this point. They like, Imagine them going to all these footy games and then seeing you play in the MCG and win a flag. Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. But that, look, this is also why it's fascinating to me. We talk about the highs and lows of footy and, and initially prior to probably that 2015 season, you said this is when you started to get some more consistent game time. Mm-hmm. You've been in that roller coaster in and out of you're not sure whether you're going to play. You're second guessing maybe even your ability at times because you're like, well, I'm, I've been a forward and a ruckman my whole life. Now I'm playing as a back and now mm-hmm. I've got to redefine myself. And then I've got to go through this process of like, I'm not the best player here, like I've always been. Yeah. Which is not like some people like, but I think for, you know, other people, when, you, when you're used to it, it's just mm. like you naturally, you thrive off that, your personality thrives off that on and off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then you win the premiership, which is just insane. And you have like one of the best years of your life. At what point for you did it start to kind of change your mentality of like, maybe footy is not what I want to do going forward? Um, oh, it's it's a tough one. Like footy and sport in general, um, a lot of the time there's potentially more downs than ups. Mm. Um, and like you need to make the most of the ups across mm. your career. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of my career were potentially downs until the ultimate up, which mm. I'm very, very grateful for. Um, but then, yeah, it's it's a very sort of difficult lifestyle to live at times and Sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes you do. Um, it's all about that balance. But I think for a lot of players, you need to invest in your life away from footy because um, it's a larger part of your life. Like footy or professional sport is a small period or a small career. Mm. Um, you've got a lot of time in life to put your time and energy into other things. Mm. And this is what we, we spoke of this as well. And I think this is why I'm very impressed. And we're going to you know, spend sort of the last segment of this podcast talking about what you do now. But um, as you sort of came out of that journey of footy, at what point did you make the decision that you were going to sort of jump off? Um, it was probably more made for me. I don't well, think yeah, my form was the greatest. Um, I think the dogs were probably heading in a different direction to what where my sort of footy lay. Um, no sort of other opportunities were coming up as much. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, yeah, more pushed out the door. Rather so you than kind of accepted, accepted your but, yeah, fate a little bit. Yeah, I think... Um, having greater sort of self-awareness um, throughout my footy days and being able to spend eight years in the in the league, you sort of understand the system a lot more. Um, and, yeah, probably wrap my head around it. Um, unfortunately, as, as though it was, um, it's just, yeah, the, the industry. And I don't want to discredit the amount of time you played in the AFL because I know I talk about, oh, you only played 51 games, which mm. is a lot of games. Yeah. But um, the average life cycle of, a, of any professional athlete and AFL player is – cut that in half easily if not if not less yeah so to play eight years at the highest level is a tremendous effort and it's a long time in anything but um 
we've spoken of this before and it's I think you're you went through that process and I'm really interested to hear what that process was like for you but almost like that self-discovery of the footy journey's done now mm-hmm. who is Fletcher Roberts outside of that world mm-hmm. like can you give us a bit of background on because I can imagine yeah. that wouldn't have been easy like nah, lifting the premiership is. cup a couple of years before mm. and then you know like you're not in a footy you're not on a list yeah yeah it's uh quite an interesting journey can be very challenging at times um I think at the end of 2019, when my time was done at the Dogs, between yeah then and with obviously COVID and this sort of stuff happening as well, it made it a little bit harder. But um, I think that first six months, 12 months from sort of yeah November 2019 to 2020, I've learnt more about myself um, across that period than I did really pretty much the rest of my life. Um, so it's quite interesting. I, I yeah answered a question about this the other day that weird you spend a lot of time in like a one particular industry and then as soon as you're out of it. Um, you can go a lot of different ways, but you obviously find out a lot about yourself and your true character, and um, and yeah, what you sort of like and dislike, and it's weird because you're sort of wrapped in a bubble when you're playing yeah. professional sport, yeah. And then that journey, it's quite an interesting journey as soon as you finish, um, to see where you're headed next. What were some of the, if you don't mind sharing, what were some of the key things that you learnt, like that outside of football you didn't realise? So, yeah, I did a uh, Bachelor of Psych while playing footy. Finished that at the end of 2019 as well. Um, and uh, I'm not really using it as much as I would have liked or I had planned to, um, which is why I'm also doing a Bachelor of Business now at the moment with Victoria Uni. Yep. Um, just because sort of keeping my options varied and open. Um, Shout out VU. Good university. VU, of course. Right. But, um, yeah, so, like, I think I sort of tried to figure out where my path lay ahead. There Siri. we go. Siri, Siri thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the discovery around where my path going path lay going forward was quite an interesting one. Um was able to get the yeah, employment with Ladder um in a part time role, but then also was going to play um VFL with Essendon and also do a player welfare and player development uh role there as well in a little bit of the VFL and AFL, which was a pretty cool role. But unfortunately, um COVID cuts right. um cut sure. that. Um so my role just went to part time. With Ladder and the work we do there, which then has merged into a full-time role. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, I think it, the big one is just learning about yourself. It's awesome. Definitely. Good journey. Do you think sort of your journey in the AFL, having its highs and lows, as you mentioned, created that interest in mindset and mental health? Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. of obviously the work you're doing now, is that what drove you to maybe being more passionate in this space? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think also with a bit of a psych degree that I was doing as well, understanding those concepts a little bit more um, and how to sort of deal with it at times really reflected in, in my footy and um, dealing with a lot of teammates that had struggles at times. And I think my sort of positive strength in life is being able to build really good relationships with teammates. Um, yep. So at a lot of, lot of times, the ups and downs of footy, as we've spoken about, can take a toll. Um, and being able to support myself, one, and also support others around me teammates who had some issues with mental health was um, something I really take pride in and really enjoy helping them sort of look after themselves. So when you say you're helping teammates, is this when you're at the Bulldogs? Is this when you're in sort of the VFL doing your sort of dual role with Essendon? Yeah, both. Both? both. Really? Um, obviously, wow. yeah, in the AFL, helping more just from a friend point of view, but going the extra mile at times. So when you're at the Bulldogs players. in the change rooms, are you a, a bloke sort of putting their hands up saying, man, I'm not doing too well in this area? Are you just identifying that someone's struggling? You kind of go and put your arm around them a little bit. Bit of both. Bit of yeah. both. Um, I think my social awareness is quite a strength as well. Fair. So I can That's sort of awesome. see when blokes are not being their normal selves. 
because um, you spend every day with each other, you see, True. you see what they're like, and then when they're not like that, you're like, oh, you know, you're going. Right, and a lot mate. of blokes try and hide it too because there's obviously yeah. a stigma and a personality. And f- mm. for me, I found as well, if ever sometimes stuff wasn't going well in like day to day life, mm. my release was going to the footy club or the soccer club, yeah, to get to break away from it. So some people you don't always get to see the full picture with people. So I think that's yeah. a, that's pretty incredible. And the, and the great thing is the stigma's been broken down quite a bit at the yeah. moment with a lot of players, you know, saying they've had some struggles. I think Bazalenka came out. Yeah. Bailey Smith came out. Yeah, Bailey out, Smith, yeah. Um, recently and talked about some of his struggles, which is, yeah, really, really powerful and well done to Baz for getting yeah, out there and just, out, you know, mate, sharing that's, that. That's amazing. And that, that helps other players as well. I think what Tom Boyd did mm, is exactly, really, Tom, you know, yeah. pro- provided yeah. a path for that too. But. Um, I do want to touch on Ladder and the work you're doing now because having done a bit of research about this organisation, which I'd love you to talk about, it, mm-hmm. it is really fascinating. But Ladder, for those who don't know, is the AF, AFL's official charity. Yep. Um, AFL Players, yeah. AFL Players' mm-hmm. official charity. So care to just give us a bit of background into what the organisation no does and, and your role within it? Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, as, as we just spoke about, Ladder is the official charity of the AFL Players. Um, we help young people aged sort of 14 to 25 in between that bracket, um, who are struggling in different areas of life. Um, so we run programs, whether it be in Latrobe Valley down in Gippsland, in Sydney, or online, and or sort of a lot of different other areas that I'm sort of looking after at the moment. Um, we run programs around health and well-being, community connection, independent living skills, and also education, training, and employment. So depending on which program you fit into, you can focus on things like mental health or employment sort of job interview practice and resume cover letter all all things preparing you for employment and helping you find employment and then also the community connection piece um just finding connection with and that social connection piece with different crowds um is really important and something we found um was quite powerful with our programs across the covid period um people would come to our programs to find that social connection and yeah have someone there as like a mentor to help them out so um, are you, and deal with their health. Is it is so? Is it a few things on that? So when you're when you're running these programs, are you orientating like footy as part of this social connection, or is it separate to sort of having sport? The custom is it more conversation based? How, um, how does that work? Yeah, it's very conversation based. Okay. Um, but because we are the AFL players charity, we get a lot of AFL engagement. Right. So a lot of players help us out with videos or um, you know jumping on a Zoom call mentorship or coming. Yeah, mentorship as well. Um, so it's really powerful. It's sort of, yeah, centred a little bit around the AFL industry and having these great positive mentors to help the young people that we deal with. Yeah. So, and then when you talk about some of the, the younger people that you're dealing with, how do you sort of identify where there's challenges? Or is it is it you working with separate organisations or people knocking on ladders door saying, hey, you know, there's some troubled kids out here, we'd love your help? Or what's, mm-hmm. how does that work? Yeah, so we get a lot of referrals from those organisations. You just okay. mentioned, Dakey. Um, they sort of come to us thinking that our program might be suited to the young people that they're dealing with. Right. Gotcha. Um, and then they come into our programs. That's the most natural pathway. Mate, that must be so fulfilling. Like, what a, <laughs> what a change in paths. Like, yeah. did you ever think you'd be working in, like, almost like that youth um, empowerment sort of, you know, support mentorship kind of role? Yeah, somewhat. Towards the end of probably uh, my career, um, I did some mentoring. I was actually a mentor for Ladder. Um, and they're young people while I was playing. Right, so got you. starting in 2014, um, I've been mentoring a couple of young people. Um, so that's sort of where my journey with Ladder crea- uh, started. And then at the end of 2019, start of 2020, there was more employment there. Right, um, yeah, which has been a great journey. Mate, 
Phenomenal story. Phenomenal story. And it seems like you found a bit more of your calling based on what you're saying you're naturally doing in a change room, you know, that mm. sort of guidance and supporting, having an eye for where you can help. Um, I, I'm always fascinated when you come out of sport and playing at the highest level that you did, like the skill sets. I always talk about the transferable skills that come mm. with that we don't, we're not even aware of. Yeah. But do you, have you found some of the fundamentals of being an AFL footballer and have now how you operate day to day have really helped you? Yeah, I think uh, public speaking is probably one. Um, you do a lot That's of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of that stuff with uh, with sport. Yeah. Um, when you're placed in True. those situations, and then that sort of has helped me with the programs that I run, particularly in person, being able to present to a group um, and sort of hit the learning outcomes that we're aiming for um, has been a strength. Communication in line with that. Mm. Um, I think sort of my resilience. Mm. Um, there's different challenges that you face in life. Um, that sort of has been moulded while I played footy mm. and now it's sort of coming out um, in some of the work that I do and just life in general, um, which is, yeah, what you spoke about earlier and, yeah. and huge. Yeah, the discipline, everyone. the discipline, I think, just that element of like you've got to be here on this time and you've got to perform and do this. If you don't communicate, you won't. Like all those things, mm. they eventually transcend into other things that you have to do, which is yeah. fascinating. But, mate, Fletcher Roberts, Fletcher Chogger Roberts, still the name Chogger. Don't know where it came from. I think it was Phil Brammer, our under nine coach. It oh. stuck for some time. It was before that. <laughs> it was before that. It was, uh, <laughs> I used to have chubby cheeks. Ah, uh, did you? And my older brother, Nathan, I'm pretty sure this is how it started, used to call me Chubber. Chubber. And then one day Chogger slipped out. And it came. And then, yeah, Chogger stuck from like when I was five or something. Great nickname. That's how I knew you. Before I knew and Fletcher, I knew Chogger. I'm pretty sure that I... Junior sports, people that I played with still probably think my first name's Chugger. Just a quick question before we do sign out. Who was the best junior footballer you played with? Um, <coughs> I know you paid me earlier to say <laughs> you. Um, best junior footballer oh, that I played with. Um, could have gone to played, the AFL, could have not. Played played a lot. Um, oh, Jakey Barker Dash is probably equal first. Oh, that's... Yeah, you can't go past Seb Gotch. Yeah, he was elite, wasn't he? He was bloody good. Pains me to say it. Yeah, I know. He's so little smart assy. You can't, still stuff. can't get on a roller coaster ride. He doesn't fit the height limit. Yeah. But he He'll was text me. bloody good at it. He'll text me when this comes out saying thanks, mate. No. Um, you, owe in me, all, you owe me a beer. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, Fletch, it is one of the most fascinating stories. Having grown up with you as a kid and seeing what you achieved and having kind of been through a bit of a similar journey myself of coming out of sport, maybe some would say prematurely and not necessarily always your decision. Mm -hmm. I know that's really hard. So um, to see you land on two feet and doing some great work now, mate, kudos to you. Thank you. Kudos to the family for raising you. A good kid. And um, shout out to Marg, Chris, Nate, Spence, Nick, um, a great family, the Roberts family. Um, hope you're all tuning in. And, mate, it was a joy to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Great time. Beautiful. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.